everybody. This is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. So Many Sequels. I don't sequels. think I can do it. You think you can do what? Sorry, Garrett was doing the smile, and I don't think I can do it. Oh, I didn't even see him. I don't like that. I don't like that. Okay, I don't think I can uh, smile like that. Welcome to So Many Scares Month here on the show. We've had a really good time so far talking about both Hocus Pocus movies. Mm-hmm. So we got the fun ones. Fun family friendly ones out of the way, and this week we're doing. I'm about to get rocked. <laughs> get some little scary, little scary. We're doing a brand new movie called Smile. This is a pretty recent release. It came out in September, I believe. It comes from director Parker Finn in his directorial debut. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. And it's also got. We actually, I just learned this from from David, who saw this fun fact. It stars Sosie Bacon, who is Kevin Bacon's daughter. I watched this whole movie not knowing that, so that's cool. Yeah. And then you've also got Jesse Usher, Kyle Gallner, Cal Penn is probably the only name on that list you might recognize. No offense to anyone else, I just you know Cal Penn. Yeah, <laughs> he worked in the White House. People know him. No, it's funny. There were a lot of like, oh, I know them kind of actors. I've seen them in something, but I couldn't. They weren't immediately recognizable. The thing the I knew face from looks familiar, but I don't know why, and I can't find it on the IMDb. <laughs> I think that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Smile <laughs> is kind of like a almost supernatural, psychological horror thriller type thing. If you've seen the trailers or any of the viral marketing that's gone on, I would be surprised if you haven't actually, because they've done a pretty cool job of putting that a very scary smile you saw a couple minutes ago. Basically everywhere, posters, movie trailers, behind home base at some major league baseball games, yeah. you know, casual stuff. I will say that this movie or this episode will probably contain spoilers because ah, just off the top of my head, I don't know that we can really talk about it well without getting into spoilers. So know that we will spoil this movie, but we'll try not to at first. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> we were all pretty scared of this experience going into it i i think that's fair to say this was garrett's pick for the week so why don't you tell us what made you pick this movie yeah you know i i, I kind of used last year and leading into this year as my unfortunate change of mind i felt like last year we didn't deliver our scariest we could have been better uh this year we start up with focus focus and that leads you into the season and i feel like we needed to jump in so i was originally going to start with some older stuff but this movie has just been marketed so well. And it looks absolutely so terrifying. I mean, for me, one of the creepiest things has always been a dead-eyed, creepy smile. Like, if you can do that, then you are more terrifying than any kind of menacing thing that I can think of. Like, if you're just, that is creepy, I don't like it. And so for them to take that idea and run with it is, I think, a really, really good idea. I think that they delivered a really fun movie I think it was a little inconsistent at times. It kind of goes through waves. And I've talked about in past four movie episodes where for me, you have to either increase the level of intensity that you give me each time and it has to deliver or the payoff has to be worth it. And I think that they hooked me so fast and everything else that happened while I really enjoyed it never quite met that level that they gave me at the time. And I think that was just an overall problem because the movie itself, I enjoyed. It's fun. The pacing, again, is a little inconsistent, but they never quite deliver the rest of the movie what they gave me to start with. And that, I think, is my only problem, but this is a heck of a fun movie. Oh, Josh, you're, you're muted. muted. Okay. I'm muted. 
There you go. I was going to say, David, as our resident not horror movie person, how did you react to this? What did what were your what were your thoughts going into it? And have we won you over as a fan of the genre yet? Oh, I was pretty I was pretty scared going into it. I was not ready to be. I just I didn't want to do it. I resent Garrett for making me do it. That I know with you, yeah. It was, so, yeah. And in fact, it was a dreadful movie. It was just, I after we got out, I felt worse. Like I felt sick almost. I felt, I didn't feel good. Nice. Everything about yeah. me felt wrong. That said, it's hard not to look at the movie and not compare it to other curse type movies. The one that immediately jumped to mind for me, just based on how it ends especially, was Final Destination, where... Is a very different type of movie, but basically there's no real solution, you know, like there's no real like and you're sitting there thinking like, how's she going to get out of this? And it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible to get out the way they set it up, the way they set up the rules of it. It doesn't sound really like all that possible to get out of it without making some kind of drastic commitment and a lot of horrifying visuals. But I think where this movie really excelled is when is before the scare, like when Someone's just having a quiet moment and the camera slowly pans across the room to reveal something creepy. You know, it's that it's that slowness of the camera as it moves that just filled you with dread and terror. So there were there were jump scares and there were sudden, you know, sudden, you know, appearances by scary, you know, images that were scary. But I honestly thought that it excelled in the spots where it wasn't jump scaring. It was like slowly panning the camera over to see a cell to see a phone ringing or the phone just suddenly ringing you know i thought the sound design was really interesting there was a lot of like really creepy noises like a lot of distortion and a lot of the music would be woven into that you would just hear like i don't know like gulping noises mixed in with music as you're heading into a scene and it was very off-putting i think two i think two things i think the movie probably sticks on the sticks a little long it has it probably reruns its gimmick one too many times just once too many times i feel like they could have cut out a they probably could have cut out a you know oh she's awake but not really awake scenario they probably could have cut one of those and you know we wouldn't have lost much movies like this movies like it follows or, uh, oh, gosh, what was that other one? Truth or Dare a few years back, I think, did this kind of thing too. The Ring. There's this period where the main character is trying to figure out what's happening to them. And I feel like sometimes as an audience member, I don't really need it to take as long as it does. I feel like with a movie like this, sometimes the main character spends the whole first hour or longer just figuring out what it, this thing is. And as an audience member, we've already accepted, hey, it's a scary, creepy curse monster. You know, it's a scary, creepy curse monster. Like, they will just drag out the figuring out what is this thing? What is this thing? You know, and I just kind of feel like the audience accepts it way earlier than the characters do. And sometimes it just drags on. I was like, by the time she was like figuring out what to do, I was like, oh, I mean, like, I just took forever to get to. Oh, I know what I need to do now. I have a last complaint, but uh, it has nothing to really do with the movie itself. So just keep it in your head and ask me, David, what's your really petty complaint? I mean, I'll get to it. But no, I'm not turned on the genre. Sounds good. I have seen a lot of good horror movies over the last few years. I have been introduced to horror movies that have, I think, really good storytelling. And I think this was okay. It was pretty predictable in some ways. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it was bad or anything. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. I don't disagree with a lot of what has already been said. I do think it was a really, it's a pretty solid effort. My standards for horror movies are all over the place. It kind of depends on who's making it and where it's coming from, yada, yada. This is kind of falls into more mainstream horror. So my bar is a little lower there. And I feel like they cleared that bar. It's not the greatest horror movie I've ever seen. I probably wouldn't. I'd watch it again, but it's not going to be like, oh, I got to watch Smile every Halloween. But it got me the, on the first viewing. It was scary. One one of my disappointments was that I felt like two or three of the, some of the best scares were in the trailer, which was a shame. The, the scares that are not in the trailer that are... They were they're 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 scarier than that. I'll say that, <laughs> but a lot of them were already in the trailer, and that's just always disappointing because the trailer was so good. It really got me wanting to see the movie, but they just gave me too much. That's all it was, and I didn't know it until I saw it. So that was that was a low point. But you know, in general, I thought it was somewhat. It was a unique enough take on a familiar storyline. You know, David, you already mentioned some of these movies like The Ring and It Follows that kind of have this idea of you're going to die unless you do something to get rid of your curse. And in this situation, she has to pass it on through trauma. There's a lot of metaphor going on about mental health in this movie and your traumas being your demons and just a lot of things that I read into that that I appreciated. I don't know that it always worked really well. One thing that I'm on the fence about was that pretty much every character in this movie except for Rose and maybe her therapist were like mental health is y'all a bunch of nutcases <laughs> cha cha everyone's crazy and like that's not a that's not a good message but <laughs> I, you could tell that they presented it as something that to be countered and so they always had a character there to counter that and it was usually Rose saying you know and on that case, don't say that. So that was the, and the, me the messaging was way too on the nose. Like a little bit. It was like that, those moments where it was like, I guess you're trying to drive a point home, but like you're, I mean, you're mailing it directly to They like, They hit it too hard. And it, it goes along with David, what you said about how, uh, yeah, I agree that I think the audience kind of accepts what needs to happen before the main characters do and and it takes too long for the characters to get there when we already know like girl you gotta kill somebody or you gotta die like that's it and she's still trying to figure stuff out when she knows that so yeah i think they just drag that on maybe one one or two takes too long but i still had fun so i thought i thought rose so Sosie Bacon did a great job. This was the first time I've seen her in a movie and she was, she was good. Really, the whole cast was fine. There was a character named Trevor who was kind of questionably pointless. Let's, which is odd because they didn't set him up that way. Yeah. Can we go into spoiler reviews there? I feel like we're yeah, I think so. I think so. fine. And if you've listened to this, thank you. Go see the movie. If you want spoilers, here you go. This is the, this is the point where you turn off or you keep going. You've committed to the bit or you're out. Yes. Trevor was useless. They could have saved a good 30 minutes by cutting him out and getting her directly to her ex, whoever she was. That whole plot point was unnecessary. And I still say that despite the fact that he was presented as a bad person by calling her therapist after, after she said, hey, I'm hearing ghosts and going crazy. Basically, she wasn't. That's the, whole, that's the whole point. But I do think that by calling an expert in the field to help her, that shows that he does care and is making some kind of effort to help. I think the wrong answer is just 
you know, leaning into it. If you're afraid, like he seemed to be like, this is not a thing I'm okay with. I need to get somebody help. Well, and I think, yeah. I mean, all it does is it's, it becomes like an obstacle, but like there are multiple characters with the exception of Joel played by Kyle Gallner. Most of the characters just by the end just become sort of like superfluous, whether it's Cal Penn, whether it's her sister, whether it's the, 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 um, the therapist played by Robin Weigert, who I love. She was in Deadwood. She was on Jessica Jones. Anyway, she, uh, these characters, they have like no real role by the end of the movie. And it, it kind of fo- solely focuses in on Rose, which is fine, I guess. But like most of their presence, be- you know, le- during the film just ends up having very little impact. I feel like it just, yeah, like he said, they feel, they feel useless by the end of the movie. Um, they were just kind of obstacles in the way. Trevor specifically is is an interesting one because like from his point of view, I think he has every right to be nervous. You know, in theory, his you know, fiance, he has every reason to believe she killed their cat and then gave it to their nephew as a present. And then she's constantly talking about feeling like she's seeing things and haunted and she said and, and, and all this stuff. So like he's like, I think justifiably worried. You know, am I going to wake up and she's going to be standing over me with a knife tomorrow night? Or these a creepy ass grin. Grin. That's worse. Yeah, right? Any of these types of things, you know, like, so, yeah, I think he does make it, it in the way the movie presents it, of course, is because because she's not actually suffering from like real documentable, documentable, like mental delusions. She's suffering from an actual curse, an actual demon. Of course, he seems insensitive by not believing her because we as the audience can see what she's being haunted by. And it's like, oh man, how could you not believe her? But why, right. why would he, why would anybody what, believe right? someone who says that they're, they feel like they're being haunted? You would want to get them psychological help. The problem I had with Rose and I get, again, I think this is just the message and the delivery because I get that this thing that people do. I think that it was just the way that it was delivered didn't work. It's throughout the whole entire movie. She doesn't tell anybody anything that's going on. And this is a level of thing that like, you shouldn't be talking about and she finally tells trevor but like throughout the whole movie like and i get i get the point is that all of us are dealing with our own demons and we keep it down and we smile just to keep on going and that is the kind of general fruit so they get it i think that she just or that messaging for her was just i don't know it was frustrating because she just absolutely refused to acknowledge in any way shape or form that anything was and normally i i wouldn't mind that normally but i'm with you on this one just because of it's coming from her character of a therapist Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. she is a mental health professional and to have her be the kind of character who will refuse to share her feelings and thoughts is like a non-therapist should have (laughs) maybe done that role but yeah i think that it was i found myself frustrated with her a lot for not just being like totally open and honest because the worst thing that happened was for opening up was Trevor calling the therapist, right? But like, is that so bad? I do think he probably could have handled it better, but who's sure. to say who would have done it differently if you were told by your significant other that they could see ghosts and they were going to die and there was a dead cat in their nephew's present, you know? But there's something bigger about what makes me, what bothers me about the relationship that I haven't been able to pinpoint yet. But it's the it's the dual existence of Joel and Trevor that bug me. So Trevor is the current fiance and Joel is an ex. Only one of those characters needs to exist. I think they're kind mm-hmm. of both equally worthless as long as you have one. 
because what Joel did, Trevor could have done. Just Absolutely. make him a cop and done it. So, like, you really only needed one love interest. So it was weird to me that they created Trevor almost just as an excuse for her to leave her fiancé and go for help from her ex, you know? Like, show the, show the levels that she's gotten to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I didn't love that. It's like, uh, I felt like they tried to make Trevor into a bad guy so that we'd be okay with her going to Joel, but I wasn't. Yeah, and Joel, but obviously. So, I don't know. They, all the things I kept thinking about during the movie. Joel believes her a little too easily, I think. <laughs> they, I think he had to. And that's just, a, I think that is just the story structure. Again, you you take those two, make them one, and then you, you save that story time and you leave it to something else or you shorten it in general. And I um, also wondered, though, are you telling me that nobody would have noticed this very eerie trend in suicide cases going on? No one would have noticed that. I mean, especially when it's like once it gets to like six, seven, eight, nine, ten people that like previous people who were, you know, witnesses to suicide, that person committed right. suicide a week later or so. And it's like the only other report. Oh, the only other report is that they also witnessed a traumatic suicide a week earlier. No one knew that. <laughs> yeah. Very, very bad at catching on. Very bad at catching on. Um, the thing that I love about this movie, and I mentioned it to get things started, I think, again, this again, I think that it's just overall messaging, is they gave you something so good and so intense immediately. I mean, that first therapy session with Rose and her first patient who has been suffering from this curse is shot so intense. I mean, it's head-on shots, and they're looking at the camera, and, it, and you feel it, and it builds. And it builds until something dramatic happens. And then she's got the smile. And then she, you see, it, you see her take this thing all the way around her face. And it is tense and it is disturbing. And I kept saying that this movie was unsettling. And I think that is how I felt throughout the whole movie. It wasn't necessarily terrifying, but it was unsettling throughout the whole thing. And that started and they never delivered on. I think the, the, the ending was a little lost too, where it went into a literal monster. I don't think the literal nature was needed. I think the underscored nature of your demons or your issues is there without it needing to turn into a monster. And it just kind of lost its steam and it never escalated back to that intense thing. And you, if you give right. me something that intense to start with and slow way down and don't deliver on it, then it, then it can't live up to it in my opinion. You gave well, and it. I was, and, and and we talked about this a little bit after we saw the movie, but I was surprised that there really wasn't that much, like, I really anticipated there being, like, a lot of hidden smiley faces or a lot of, like, smiley faces just appearing in, like, pictures, paintings, photos would be altered, smiley face pins everywhere. And with the exception of a coffee mug shortly after the first experience, that wasn't the case. So, like, the it, it pretty much stuck with just people. It, it just possesses people in the moment so i was kind of surprised by that i feel like that could have added to the dread is like you're standing there and all of a sudden like you as the audience member you notice oh this is smiley face oh my gosh it's it's coming for her you know that's your little your little prelude to the actual attack or something like that but yeah i i i think for the most part we agree on that garrett yeah sorry i had to look up something real quick i get I was trying to find the origins of this movie, and I, I guess it was based off of a short film by the by the same director, and it was on YouTube, and I would like to watch it. <laughs> because yeah. I it reminded me of a lot of various creepypasta stories that 
go around a lot. Yeah. Momo, especially. I mentioned that to y'all yesterday. There's a, the monster has a very similar look to Momo and a very similar storyline of when you see Momo, it will give you self-harm thoughts. And that's kind of a thing that continued into this movie. So I was wondering if there was any kind of inspiration from that. So I'll have to look further into that. Because there were times where I was like, this feels very much like an internet urban horror urban legend, like Slender Man or something. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, the original short film is called Laura Hasn't Slept. And uh, yeah, it won special jury recognition from the South by Southwest Midnight Short category and then got picked up yeah, by Paramount to make for, for, for a full film. And the original working title, or at least the title they first had was Something's Wrong with Rose. That was going to be the name of the movie before they shifted to Smile. Hmm. Nikki says she's watched the original short. Oh, really? Yes. Says, what you'd expect. So. I think yeah, I read a critic consensus that mentioned this was based on a film and that it was a good uh, escalation of a short film. Sometimes it can be good to take a short work and expand on it. Sometimes it can be difficult and I haven't seen it, but I feel like, again, I enjoyed this. It felt like it was a good throw. I think throwback is what my girlfriend said was a throwback to like what we would see in like high school, but like a good version of what you would see in high school and really enjoy it if you were like eighth grade. And like yeah. scare the crap out of you if you were in my eighth grade. And I think I agree with that, where I, this would be a movie that I would really, really enjoy where I, high school with my friends and like, oh my God, let's go get scared. Except for that pacing. I think that yeah. it doesn't quite live up to that. But I heard some people running down the stairs in our theater who said, that was crazy. And they seemed to really enjoy it. And they, yeah, there was a real, like you talked about the unsettling nature of it. I think thinking about films from our, like our horror or thriller movies from our high school experience, like they were much more like gritty and they were much more like dirty looking, you know, and this was very polished. This was very like everything was very like the colors were very like crisp and and or when they weren't crisp, they were really faded, but they were solid, you know, and there was a lot of great camera work. There were several moments in the movie where the camera would just be upside down, like it would be yeah. following a car and then they would just end in an upside down pattern or an yeah, upside down stance or a lot of Dutch frames, a lot of. uh a lot of slow camera panning as of one like one take shots where you'd see one thing and we just move across to the other thing. And yeah, so like that really, really contributed good, to like the unsettling they, factor. Yeah. They did a good job with the build. There's also one moment where I enjoyed where there's a phone call and they're like, she's on the phone with the ghost and she's like, turn around and then she just stays and you just see the back of her head for a really long time. And it's a fun scene because it's both like it's terrifying because you get that. At least I connected to it where, you know, Somebody tells me to turn around because something scary is behind me. My first reaction is, no, they're going to have to get me from, I do not want to see what's going to happen. And so it was building that tension, but also like, I don't turn around. Do not turn around. You tell me to turn around, ghost, then I'm not going to turn around. Yeah. All right. Do not well, turn around. It is the time of the show where we have to pivot over to the box office. That's or true. we will talk ourselves out of time. So. That's this movie's true. been out for two week two weeks yeah. as of recording this recording. So how's it been doing, David? Well, and we're going to get into that. Oh. I do want to offer this complaint though. Oh, All is right? this your petty complaint? This, may, this is my petty complaint. Okay. This may yeah. be our social media clip of the week. Who knows? And maybe I'm maybe I'm all alone in this. I'm done with the pre movie sit down with the director and actor saying thank you for coming to the movies. I'm done, done with it. Okay, we've been back in the movie since May. All right, stop. Not everyone. Stop greeting me and saying. Hey guys, 
we're so grateful that you came out to see Smile in a theater the way it was meant to be seen. Oh, so great. All right. He, Tom Cruise, th that was the shark. That was the shark. He jumped it. It's not good anymore. Stop welcoming me back. We came back in May. Okay. I remember sitting there to watch A Quiet Place too, and John Krasinski welcoming me back. Welcome me back. And I said, thanks, John. Thanks, John. Every time since, it's been such, just like, it just seems so phony to me. So I'm done with it. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you like sitting there and listening to them say, oh, it's so great to have you back. I like oh. being patted on the back. Whatever. I like being congratulated for watching a movie. I think this movie would have been better streaming anyway. Yeah. Anyway, done with that. Yeah. So moving on to the box office stats. We're muted for that part, Garrett. <laughs> oh, you words. know what? Real quick. I know it will have jumped the shark whenever I turn a movie on Netflix and there's a director thanking me for watching it at home. That's exactly. when it will have jumped the shark. That's what's such a... It, I'm just... It's not new anymore. We've been okay. back okay. in theaters. Okay. I was there in August for Tenet, so let's... You know, that was 2020. I've been back in the theater for a while. That's right. true. Anyhow... Smile debuted the weekend of September 30th, going into the first few days of October. And it debuted to $22 million in its opening week. And that's just ahead of a lot of controversy here. Don't worry, darling. The Woman King. The re-release of Avatar and Bros. So some different various, I'm going to say controversies, conversations about all of those films. A lot of discourse, um, the internet. It's discourse. A lot of discourse about why some of these movies are not performing well, so while some are overperforming, things yeah. like that. Smile, Josh, you sent this to the Discord a little bit earlier, so a great reason to get in the Discord is to watch our, or to be a part of our conversations pre-podcast and even post-podcast where we sort of talk about some of these things. But mm -hmm. Smile has had a pretty incredible second weekend. Um, bringing in 17.6 million in its second week and only a 22% drop, which is very, very low. That is a very small drop. Finishing in the number one spot for the second weekend ahead of Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Starring Sean Mendez. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know. Movie star Sean Mendez. I never, I don't think I ever read this children's book, but it was a popular ish one. Never heard of it. And then there's Amsterdam, which has its own controversies, I guess. And then uh, The Woman King again, and Don't Worry Darling dropped to number five by that point. Just a little fun fact here in this current weekend, Top Gun Maverick is still in number 10 spot, and Bullet Train is at number 11. <laughs> Bullet Train is at number eight or number 11. So that's two movies that were, thank you for coming back to the theater movies that are still doing well. 20 weeks for Top Gun Maverick so far. 20 weeks in theaters, which is a pretty long run these days. I haven't rewatched Top Gun Maverick, but I wonder if they're still playing, if they're still playing the Tom Cruise intro. They that's absolutely too far. are. They absolutely are. We'll find 100%, I can 100% guess that that's what they're doing. Okay. I wonder if I can find a lowest lowest second weekend drops. I don't think I'm going to be able to. But either way, I'll, I'll look into that and maybe I'll be able to do their competition. And I think it's early Halloween time. So like it makes yeah. sense. It's easing into the Caesar. Oh, Halloween kills yeah. hasn't come out and that's going to kill it. So. Well, and Halloween Ends, I just found out, is Halloween also going to is, is is releasing on Peacock and theaters at the same time. So I wonder Ooh, how much that'll lead into that mistake. Yeah, I I was going to say that too. I think it's a big mistake on Universal's part, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's something else. Yeah. That can, I'm not going to watch it. Simultaneous re re releases anymore too. I'm I'm all for that. We can end the simultaneous releases. We can end thanking us for coming back. Okay, we're yes. back. That time is gone. We're back. Anyway, let's get into the to the letterbox score here because that's all I really have for the box office. Okay, great. Well, I mean, well, actually, let me say it. It finished with it so far. It's at eighty nine million, eighty nine million worldwide. 
So a few good letterbox reviews for Smile include this three-star review that just says, Jump Scare the Movie. Then we've got, I would simply close my eyes. R.I.P. to everyone in this movie. I'm different. (laughs) This is so mid-2000s style horror that it's almost camp. No logic, no plot, but jump scares and the most thinly veiled messaging about trauma ever. And and you just know that this movie is going to eat at 12-year-olds' children's birthday sleepovers across the globe. And that was another three-star review. So it sounded negative, but they liked it. So (laughs) That's the way I feel. Oh, and then this one, we didn't even talk about it, but this one says, possibly the greatest stabbing scene of all time. You know, yeah, it was pretty intense. That's true. That's true. It was pretty intense. Uh, So hearing that, what are our guesses? I did not see it. I'm going to guess a 3.1. Ooh. It's definitely three. I think it's a little, I think it's on the higher side. I think it's like, I'm going to hit it 3.3. I definitely agree that it's at least three. But I don't want to be boring and go 3-2. I guess I'll go 3.0. Who? 3.0. Okay. Smile on Letterboxd, which you can follow all three of us. Oh, my God. <laughs> I should have I should have done it because it's 3.2, which means oh. we're going to need some kind of tiebreaker between you two. Tiebreaker. David, you got what's the other one that we haven't done? I could I have no. letter, or I have Rotten Tomatoes pulled up or Let me reach back. Oh gosh. Okay. So we did we did Love and Thunder. We came back around on that one. So I think Grindelwald? I think the crimes of Grindelwald is one that we didn't do and we need to come back for. Okay. No, yeah. wait. Oh wait, hang on. We did that one. Oh, okay. Here we go. We need to do the last one that we didn't do. The one we left undone is Multiverse of Madness. Mm, okay. There's been plenty of time for that one to rise or fall. You go for it, David. You get this one. I'm gonna say it's sitting at. Let's say it's sitting at a three point three. Okay. Mm. I think it's. I think it's. Well, I liked it more than the other one. I'm gonna go a little higher. I think three point six. 3.6. Okay. Well, we do have a clear winner this time. You said 3.3, David? That's right. 3.6. Both of you went a little too high, uh-huh. but David was closer, and this movie is is another 3.2. There you go. 3.2. Two, 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 right. two, 3.2s in a row. There you Doctor go. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was our tiebreaker for this one. Oh, all right. That's another big win for me. Yeah. Chugging along on this letterbox game this year. Heck yeah. What do we got for it, boys? Where, how is Smile making us feel? You know, I think it's, I'm going to do a three. Three for me. It feels I'm gonna boring. Do I'm going to do a two and a half. I think that's fair too. Which I, I, I won't go into this too long. Two and a half, I think I've talked about it before, is a movie that I don't feel like was quite meant for me. Like if this is your type of movie, then you would probably give it higher. Personally, not my type of movie. So the best I can give it is two and a half. I don't think it was poorly made. I just, I would never watch this type of movie of my own volition ever again fair enough all right well that is smile be sure to let us know what you thought of the movie by visiting us online on instagram tiktok facebook twitter blah 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 or more more fun our discord which you can join by signing up for our patreon patreon.com slash so many sequels i think if you just you know throw us a dollar you'll get into the discord so do that we have more halloween episodes for you so come back next week and again follow us online to find out what It's going to be, but we'll have another Halloween horror for you next week. Bye.